Thanks, Pastor Ward. Thank you. We say thank you to Pastor Ward. Can you get the music stand, Troy? Troy, can I get the music stand, please? Thank you. Well, tonight we're going to be continuing, if you were here last week, about Jesus being the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you have your notes that you were given. And so we're going to continue in doing that. Some of you might be new tonight. We just want to welcome you. If this is your first time to Wednesday night, let's thank all those who are here tonight and welcome them for the very first time. And our heart is that you would learn everything that God has in store because He does want to teach us much. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to take them out. And we're going to be in the book of John, John chapter 1. But also if you have your notes, in the back of your notes, this is the vision of why we're here on Wednesday nights. And then uh, we're, we're memorizing this scripture together. This is one of, oh, thank you, Troy. This is one of the scriptures we're memorizing, and we're also memorizing Hebrews 13.8. So let's try Hebrews 13.8 together, okay? Ready? Go. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Good job. See? Hebrews 13.8, we got it. Now, Ephesians 4.11, that's a little bit different. But let me read... uh, In the uh, book of Ephesians, actually, grab your, uh, grab your notes. They're in the back of that. And so what I'm going to ask you to do, in the book of Nehemiah, before they read the Word of God, Ezra came to a platform, and they built a stage specifically so that when Nehemiah, uh, excuse me, Ezra read the book of the law, which was the law of Moses, that the people would stand in the presence of the Word of God. And before we read our scripture tonight, I'm going to ask if we would stand together as we read the Word of God. And as we put this scripture to memory, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it's a long scripture, but if you, if you recite this and put this to memory, it will help you to understand what our calling is. And this is who God made us to be. And he's speaking of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to read, and we'll read it together if you have your notes in the back. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Heidi, Helene. Thank you. So Ephesians chapter 4, okay? Are you guys ready? Read it nice and loud and clear. Ready? Go. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies 
according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray to you tonight. We ask for your wisdom, your guidance, and your Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Lord, may we fix our eyes on you, set our hearts on you, and as our spirits are grown by you, that you would be the one in whom we glorify. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. So tonight, and throughout our Wednesday nights, I want to encourage you to dig deep. And what I mean by that is we'll be giving scripture, and this was one of them, that sometimes you hear something from God and you'll think to yourself, oh boy, that was great. Don't just stop there. Dig a little deeper. Why was it great? Why did it speak to you? Why was it something that caught your attention? And on our Wednesday nights, our whole goal really is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And when the Bible talks about equipping, basically on Wednesday nights, you know what you're given? You're given tools. That's what you're given. You're given a pick, a shovel, uh, and some equipment to dig for the gems yourself. God will equip us to dig deep into His Word and to learn from Him. So instead of us coming here on Wednesday night and, and... looking for what the message will be about. Listen very carefully. Although that's important because we will be talking about the Lord. When we come here on Wednesday nights, come here with the expectation that you will be equipped so that when you leave, church doesn't end. You're still digging deep throughout the week in what God has spoken on Wednesday nights. So you're being equipped. And although a message will be given, although the word will be given, we take it upon ourselves to dig deep in the word of God. When you're reading the Bible or doing your devotions, don't just read and you're done. Really dig deep and say, Lord, what are you showing me? Sometimes people will say, but I read, I read, I read, I get nothing. Diamonds are very rarely found on the surface. You got to dig deep. And it's the digging deep, it's the seeking of the Lord where God wants us to be. Otherwise, if it was that easy, we wouldn't need a relationship with Him. But it all boils down to our relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So dig deep. Ask the Lord to equip you. Listen for His voice. Write things down. Sometimes we'll hear Him say something. Write it down quickly, or else you won't be able to challenge yourself. Ask yourself some deep questions. Think at a deeper level. Write down how you apply it in your life. And tonight in John chapter 1, we'll be dissecting that. And we're going to explore, and we talked about it last week, five different subjects as the weeks go by. Because we want to learn about Jesus more. We want to learn about His life. We We want to know how He lived and what happened after the resurrection. What happened before Christ showed up in the flesh? Sometimes we read the New Testament only and we we like the stories of Jesus Christ and that's good. But we need to know Christ as His whole existence, not just in the New Testament times. So these five subjects we're going to go over is so that we can love Christ more. We're going to talk about His position over all creation, His power to create all things, His providence in controlling all things. And His presence in Old Testament times. We're going we're gonna to see Christ show up in Old Testament times. And we're going to dig deep. And then we're going to talk about His preeminence or His supremacy. Or how He stands out among all others. And how he's, His preeminence is over all things. So we're going to go through that as the weeks go by. Those five different subjects. 
But the main heading is Jesus Christ being the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the book of John, if you read it, he speaks in contrast. You know, he talks about the light and the darkness. And he, he speaks of, of how Christ uh, and, and the life of Christ is so that we can believe in him. That's his central theme throughout the book of John, that we would believe in Jesus Christ. If you read the epistles, the letters from Paul the Apostle, it's a completely different read. You know, for instance, in the book of John, he'll talk about the life and the light and the darkness and death and and things like that. A lot of contrast. Paul, he talks about almost like stories and he'll give what's happening. And and he'll also uh, give us a little bit tougher way of extracting things. But it's okay because we can understand once we know where Paul is speaking from. That's why you have the different names like the uh, book of Ephesians. He was speaking to the church of Ephesus. So if we understand the background, we'll be able to receive a whole lot easier. Sometimes we'll read even the epistles of Paul and we're lost. We're thinking, why is he talking about the blood of animals? Why is he talking about this? Well, you've got to dig deeper can't just take it at surface. you got to look at the scene that they were in, the setting, and what he was trying to accomplish. And Paul gave reasons and causes and purposes. He outlines things. So he, he, he does it different than the book of John. And the reason why I'm letting you know the differences is so that you can learn the different books of the New Testament. Because if you're learning about Jesus Christ, you can, it can almost become confusing because you're wondering, okay, who is speaking? Who is this person and, and why, why is this in the Bible? And how come they're not talking about what John or Matthew or Mark or Luke talked about? So you got to get to know the reasons behind reading certain books. But the book of John is what we'll be really focusing on. And the book of John is, is like how the book of Proverbs are set up. There's a lot of contrast to it. You know, the way of the wicked is like this. The way of the fool is like that. And so there's familiar contrast in the book of John, like light and darkness. But in the book of John, when you read chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And I like this. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life. Now, the reason why the why John is writing this is because he wants us to believe in Jesus Christ. Not just to hope in Christ or to know Christ, but he wants us to believe in Him. He wants us to live for Him. So he's letting us know that in Him is life. Sometimes we do our own thing and we think this is where life will be found. And so we put Christ on the side and then we go our own road and it will always be a dead end. Literally a dead end. Because the Bible says sin leads to death. How many times we try something on our own thinking that, oh, we're going to do this on our own and put Christ on the side and then only end up to a dead end crying back to Christ. Which is okay because He always receives us back. See, in our marriages we do that. In our relationships we do that. We know what we need to do, but we choose not to because we think we know better than Christ. And we don't. As a husband, as a wife, challenge yourself. What are some things that that God is speaking that you know He's been speaking that you should be doing for Him? Not for your spouse, but for Christ Himself. Because if we understand that we're doing things for Christ, that's where we'll find life. 
It's not going to be in people. It's going to be in Jesus Christ. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Now, some people ask, can I still do the things that are not of God and still be a Christian? Can I continue to sin and at the same time follow Jesus? Well, First John, you can turn there. I know you're in John chapter 1, but flip almost to the ending of the Bible in First John chapter 2. It's the three books right before the book of Revelation. There's also Jude. But in 1 John chapter 2, it answers this question. In John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 2, I will read verses 15 and 16. And it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. There's a reason for that. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's strong words. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So if we want to know, can we continue to sin and at the same time follow Jesus? The word is continue. If you think that, oh, I can continue to do this and follow Christ, you're mistaken. Now here's the difference with continuing in sin and making mistakes of sin. Continuing in sin is saying, I reject Christ and I'm following in my own ways. That's continuing in sin. Making a mistake is saying, Lord, I'm following you with all my heart. I'm following you. And then when those mistakes come, you repent, you turn away from it, and you head towards God's direction. It's a continuous, repentive lifestyle. And you're not repenting for the same things over and over and over again. Because that's not repentance. Repentance is I turn away from it and I head in God's direction. Now sometimes it'll be something that's very heavy and horrible and you're doing your very best to turn from it. And it's in that process that you're turning that you're, you're, you're maybe tempted less or you're, you're weaning off of it. Just don't use that as an excuse. Get back to the Word of God and who He called you to be, that you're holy because He's holy. And when we're holy because He's holy, He provides everything we need, the resources necessary, the power that's necessary for us to repent. And that's where times of refreshing come. I don't think any of us want to say, I want to love Jesus Christ and still do this. I don't think we want to do that. But I think there comes a point in our lives where we must choose the Bible says, be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. Be hot or cold. And God says to choose me because I'm the one that will provide for you. And to describe the God of the universe, John uses these kinds of of, uh, words and statements. And he uses this kinds of contrast, the ways of the world, the ways of God, the lust of the flesh, and the Spirit of God. He used those contrasts. In 1 John 1, verse 5, you can turn there. It's a, a couple pages to your left. And 1 John 1, 5, he says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. And we're going to read this part together. And you might have a different version, so it might read differently, but that's okay. In fact, let's read the whole thing. Chapter 1, verse 5 of the first book of John. Ready? Go. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And John uses these contrasts. He uses life and death. 
light and darkness. Light, meaning Christ or God. Life, meaning the light of Christ. Death, meaning sin. Or death, meaning apart from Christ. He uses light as a way to speak of righteousness, that we want to be righteous in the sight of God. Instead of us trying not to sin, make it a discipline to be righteous. Not perfect, but righteous. Live with holiness. In Leviticus, if you want to, you can turn there in the beginning of the Bible. You have Genesis, Exodus, then Leviticus in the Old Testament. And the reason why I'm asking you to turn your pages is we must learn the Bible. Amen? Got to get to know the Bible. And I'm glad it's difficult for some of you. It's good. It's a good challenge. Because after tonight, you're going to memorize the books of the Bible. So Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26. Now this is when they were becoming a nation. And God gave them the laws, the commandments, and He was instructing them on how they should live. Leviticus chapter 20, and I'll read verse 26. And you can underline it or highlight it if you need to. And he says this, and this is God speaking, and he's giving them instruction, and we are to receive this too. He says, you must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. And when he gives this word to us to be holy because I am holy, you know why God is doing that? Because he wants us to reflect him. Ask ourselves this question, are we reflecting God's holiness to people? Or do people look at our lives and they'll wonder, do you believe in God? Or are we people who live for God's holiness? And John, when he's writing these words, he speaks in this way of, of, the, of sin and righteousness and lightness and darkness because he wants us to have that saving faith that we believe in Jesus Christ so that, he can, so that Christ can be the one who saves us in our marriages in our relationships, in our family, or even in our own character, from an addiction, or even from debt. Did you know that Christ can save us from debt? He can shine light into our finances. He can do that. In fact, we're, we're going to be talking about that on Sunday and how God blesses us. He also helps us and saves us from fear or shame. Or one of the biggest things that takes us away from what God wants for our lives is the word pride. Whenever pride is there... God can speak all He wants, but if pride is there, I grow none. And I become stagnant. Last week I talked about the word believe in the Bible, and it's actually 184 times in the book of the Bible that the word believe is there in the New Living Translation. But in the book of John, it is said 63 times. Imagine that, because He wants us to believe in God. I want to leave you with this tonight. As a Christian, if you're saying and believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if you really believe that God sent His one and only Son so that He would die for us, that there must be more to Christ's life on this earth as a human being and Christ's death on the cross and resurrection, if He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sometimes we'll read He's the same yesterday, and think just New Testament. But remember, we learned the word yesterday. It's like a forever going backwards. So because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then what He's doing in our lives today 
and the challenges that we come up today that we think He cannot help us with, I guarantee you when you dig deep in the Word of God, you'll find someone who is in the same position as you and you'll see how God rescued them. And my heart tonight and prayer tonight is that you would dig deep in the Word of God as you continue to find out who He is as being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would you say amen? I'm going to pray together and, and close and continue next week. So dig deep. Don't leave here tonight without something. At least a pick or a shovel. And I want to encourage all of us to do our devotions. To read our devotions. I do my devotions online. I actually use a, a, a Bible app called YouVersion. And there's a community of people, some of you use that, and we, you know, we follow each other and, and we'll read each other's devotions and we'll encourage each other. But if, you, if you're an electronic person or you know, a technical person, then jump on YouVersion. It's YouVersion.com, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N, and sign up. It just keeps you accountable. If you like writing it in your journal, that's great. You can do that too. Uh, some of you are asking, can I bring like electronical things for, to take notes? Some of you bring your iPad or a tablet uh, by all means, do that. Whatever helps you receive the Word of God and be equipped, because that's why we're here. Okay, let's pray together. In fact, um, as we pray, as we close in prayer, uh, think deeper in this prayer, okay? Because I'll pray, but don't just listen to my prayer. You pray too, okay? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, as we pray to you tonight, we ask that you give us the tools necessary, your Spirit, the Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth so that as we dig deep into your word, we would be people who understand you more, that we get to know you more. And that's when we can love you more. So Lord, thank you for speaking to us tonight. Thank you for growing us spiritually and, and bringing us to a place of purpose so that as we learn and grow together, the church, the body of Christ would be edified in itself, in love. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, Amen. 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 Let's stand tonight as we close in our final...
So when Jesus was with, with his disciples and letting them know what was about to take place and helping them to understand that it was more than just believing, but it was a lifestyle that they were to live so that the rest of the world would be able to understand that, that God was, was one who loves people. Not one who is after us to get us, but one who wanted to be with us. Jesus said, this is my body which has been broken for you. And every time you do this, remember me. That my body was sacrificed for you. So that in those times where you feel like you're not able to overcome, you can overcome because I have overcome death. And no matter what situation you're in, I'm able to overcome. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Would you take the bread together? The Bible says that the life is in the blood. And Jesus said, I'm going to shed my blood so that you may have life. I will give my life so you can have life. And it's a life that is everlasting. It's not a life that we just live and that's it. He says, no, you, you now have a purpose for living. And my blood is a new covenant where now you can live godly in a godless society because I've called you to live that way and I will strengthen you even when you feel like you're not able to. It's my strength in your weakness. Do you take the cup together? You stand with me and we're going to close in prayer. The ushers will collect the cups on the way out or they may come by. This past Wednesday, some of you were here, but we celebrated our 30th anniversary here at New Hope. And when I looked at the life of Jesus Christ, he was 30 years old when he started his public ministry. And he, he did everything possible to shine the light of God into this world for about three years. And I looked at this church and what God has done in those 30 years. And I thought to myself, Lord, you have only just begun, haven't you? And his power will be given to every single one of us so that we can in turn spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to a hurting world, a godless society. It's not going to be the laws. It's not going to be our legislature. It's going to be the people of God that shine as lights into this world. Do you bow your heads with me and we're going to pray. Lord, there's many of us this morning that we have this changed lifestyle. You've given us a brand new way to live. And so we're grateful. Help us to, to be bold in the places you've called us to be. To be people who love others. Not be legalistic or arrogant or prideful, but that we would love people how you love us. I pray for those, Lord, this morning that they're far from you. They've never said yes to you. They're trying to figure out life. But this morning, they felt this tug on their heart like someone loves them exactly where they are. But they've never given their heart to you. And if that's you this morning, you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. For the very first time, I'm going to pray and help guide you in this prayer, but you add the heart. 
And here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again to give me eternal life. Help me to live godly in a godless society. Give me boldness. Thank you for giving me a testimony of a changed life. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to pray for those that said yes to Jesus for the very first time. And you can let me know by just raising your hand real quick and and enough that I may see your hand and, and pray with you. Go ahead, raise your hand. You said yes to Jesus Christ for the first time. Good, back there, God sees you. God sees your hand. God sees you back there. He sees you back there. God sees you up here in the front. God sees your hands. He knows your hearts. God sees you. And Lord, for those that said yes to you, I pray that they will remember this day in which new life was given and that for the rest of their lives, they will live for you. For all of us, Lord, give us boldness that we may live a lifestyle that is pleasing to you, even in the most darkest places. Let our lights shine before men, that they may see our good works and glorify you in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, Amen.